Hello, everyone, and welcome to Risky Business 2, or RB2. I'm Patrick Gray. Risky Business 2 is brought to you exclusively by Symantec, the security company that has bought pretty much every other security company uh, on the planet lately. I don't know if you've heard, but they've acquired, like, PGP, VeriSign, couple of others. My God, guys, slow down. And um, just a quick note to my awesome sponsor, Overlords. You too can be in the running to buy Risky.biz for just a few million dollars, if you want. Uh, I mean, it's spare change, you know, just go get your other pants. Enrique Salem, if you're listening, you know, just, it's nothing, mate. It's You should be able to scratch that together out of the, out of the money in your other pants. So that offer's out there. Let me know. <laughs> anyway, mobile security is all the rage these days. So when Research in Motion's uh, VP of Security, Scott Totsky, uh, came to Australia a few weeks ago, we made sure we got an interview. Research in Motion, or RIM as they are commonly known, is the company that makes the BlackBerry. And while it doesn't have as many cool points as the iPhone, the BlackBerry has become the mobile workhorse of the modern enterprise. Even US President Barack Obama uses one, uh, famously insisting on keeping his BlackBerry when he came to office. So obviously anything Scott has to say about mobile security deserves to be heard. I spoke to him by phone a couple of weeks ago, and here is that interview. Now, let me ask you this, Scott. I mean, you may have noticed that every Tom, Dick and Harry all over the world has suddenly suddenly become an expert in mobile device-related threats. And everyone seems to have a different opinion. I mean, the, the, the manufacturers of antivirus software and boxed product they want to produce a boxed product that's going to help you. Uh, companies like Vericode, uh, they want to sit in the app stores scanning applications for malicious code, and they think that's a solution. Um, where do you think the threats are coming from? You work for, a, for one of the largest handset manufacturers in the world of, of, of smartphones. What do you think the real threat is here? Well, I mean, I think the, the, the malware threat that people are you know, talking about today is something we can't ignore, right? It's, it, it's real, but it's in its infancy. And... You know, one one of the one of the differences between the the desktop and the mobile device is, you know, we're not dealing with a homogenous environment. You know, you talk about desktop threats, and you've got an incumbent operating system vendor with ninety percent market share, and that's a really big target. the The mobile market is becoming increasingly fragmented. There isn't this coalition of operating system vendors, so you know that that evolution of the threat is is not nearly as rapid as people are predicting it's going to be. So. While it's a real threat and something we need to put a lot of thought into, it's it's not evolving as quickly as I think people have been anticipating. And there's two ways to approach the threat. And, you know, RIM's perspective has been one of containment, right? The traditional antivirus approach of detection, that's really a hard problem, right? How do you know something is inherently bad or good? That's really the halting problem from a computer science perspective. And when you look at trying to solve that in the desktop world, it's been proven not not to work. I mean, I mean, Yankee Group did a study last year with with their customers, and 99% of them have uh, antivirus at the desktop, and 62% of those customers had a successful virus infest- infestation within their infrastructure. So it doesn't work at the desktop. Our approach from a BlackBerry perspective is more about containment. Give the administrator the tools to authorize applications, authorize API access, API access, and really go through a, a whitelist approach. And that, that's a much simpler problem. And when you look about look at wireless, you have to deal with things a little differently because you're managing scarcity. Right? You've only got so much CPU, only so much battery life, only so much network capacity. So when you're approaching the the malware or the antivirus problem, 
my view, is is easier to deal with it from an administration and management perspective by providing controls to authorize applications and access to data rather than to try and detect if something is going to be good or bad. Now, that's all very well and good. And I've got to say, to an extent, I, I certainly agree. And that's all very well and good until you actually get owned because <laughs> then you've got some trouble. In, 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 in what sense? Right. Well, I mean, if, you, if you're not actually employing any detection mechanisms, it's very difficult to know when there's actually been a device compromised. Well, well sure. I mean, and, and that's where providing management tools to the customers is really important. Like, our, our goal is really around transparency, right? So if you're looking at BlackBerry, it's, it's easy to see what applications are installed. It's very easy to go, you know, really granular and see what permissions these applications have, what APIs they're accessing, either from a user perspective or an administrative perspective. So administrators can easily query what applications are running on, on their BlackBerry devices and you know, produce those reports and do that analysis. Mm-hmm. But they can also very easy, easily set basic policies that are going to protect the integrity of their corporate data while still allowing their users to run applications. Yeah, the BlackBerry Enterprise uh, server policies can insulate you from the worst of stupid user behaviour. But um... uh, well, nothing. I don't think anything can do that, right? Like technology is <laughs> not a panacea when it comes to solving these problems. We can provide great technical solutions as vendors, whether we're antivirus vendors or smartphone vendors, but there is a user education and awareness thing, right? And social engineering is going to continue to be kind of the weakest link in that security chain. Now, let me ask you this. A couple of months ago, a gentleman by the name of Tyler Shields uh, wrote what can only be described as, you know, a proof of concept Trojan for the BlackBerry uh, and published the source code. Uh, he works, of course, for Vericode. What was your, what were your thoughts on that? I imagine that you know this is something that would have hit your desk. Well, I, I mean, the the reality is is you know mobile devices, independent of who the vendor are, they're they're powerful computing platforms. So when you see something like that, you know you you, you see what what's arguably a, a trojan, but you know it does what it's advertised to do. So I'm not sure I would classify it as a trojan, but. It, it's demonstrating that you know you've got in BlackBerry a very robust programming environment. You, you do a lot of things with it, and as administrators and users, you need to take advantage of the out-of-the-box security features that come in the in the product to manage and control your environment. So, sure, sure. Did, you any, the, did you have any feelings about that though, in terms of whether or not Vericode should or should not have released that source code? It wasn't the first time that it, that, that had been done. Like if you go back, uh, you know, three years ago, Jesse DeGuano did BB Proxy and did exactly the same thing, where he demonstrated the ability to use software installed on a device to access servers behind the the company firewall. And did he actually release you know, the code though, or the source? Um, I'm not sure if he released the code for it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I, th- I think he may have, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, but but the the concept is is you know. In, when you're, whenever you're dealing with malicious software, one of the, one of the biggest challenges is, is understanding intent, right? So I can have an application that I run on a, on a mobile device that accesses the email and the contacts and the calendar information and sends that information to a, a server someplace where it's accessed via a web browser. And that could be something like... Uh, a backup application. It could be something classed as spyware. It could be, you know, an application like Google Sync that does exactly the same thing that synchronizes the data between your mobile device and you know the the web store that Google maintains. And and when you're talking about these applications, you know, how do you understand the intent of the author? And I think that's the challenge when you get people positioning. I want to 
scan all the apps that go into some app store is how do you understand the intent of the author when they're doing things that could be legitimate business functions. Now, I think it was almost a couple of years ago uh, now when there was a somewhat nefarious update being pushed out by a carrier in the United Arab Emirates, uh, Etty Salad. Now, I'm, I, I know you know you know what I'm talking about. Uh, what was what was RIM's uh, involvement in that, if any? I mean, was just this this just an application written by a third party? Did you guys revoke their keys, or was this or was this just accepted as as part of that third party's business? Uh, what was what was RIM's reaction well, to that? Well, well, there was there was no. Uh, there was no application push, right? There was that was a an SMS message sent out by the carriers to to their customer base to install a third party application, and RIM didn't have any involvement in the you know authoring or distribution of that application. And if you uh, go to our website, you can you know get the response to that along with the tool to uh, remove that application if you know it was installed on your device inadvertently so that was a that was a tool that rim itself wrote was it to remove that application the removal yeah the removal tool and we've since actually updated the platform to um, remove some of the apis that, that were used by that application so that you know third parties can't do the same things that they they could have with with that version of the software now earlier you mentioned you know the evolution of the mobile threat being quite different because there's a you know it's a fragmented it's not just ninety percent one operating system, you know it strikes me that the reason we haven't seen these uh, more exotic threats taking off in the mobile space is because obtaining sensitive information, obtaining credit card numbers, is really not the challenge at the moment. You can still find non-PCI compliant uh, websites out there where you can dump the whole database and voila, you've got two million card numbers to do with whatever you you know to do whatever you please with do you think we're going to see a mobile threat while there's so much data available uh, through other means or do you think it's going to be a case that when we've solved a lot of these uh, problems involving card numbers and things like that uh, do you think then the threat will move on to the mobile devices well I, I think the the targets are a little different right so so you're right there's there's a, a target rich environment for you know that type of credit card and identity theft that doesn't involve the mobile. I think when you're talking about mobile environments, what I expect is we're going to see increasingly targeted attacks, more of the, the spear phishing, right? Malware designed for specific users on specific platforms. And and I don't think we'll see kind of that broad spectrum like we do in the PC space. So, so you think targeted attacks, more, you know, espionage, state-sponsored stuff, you know, serious well, stuff? Well, state-sponsored or, you know, very aggressive hackers going after a specific platform. And, and really the interest for me is, you know, what happens when, you know, these platforms, which are trusted terminals on operators' networks, become hostile and start to attack the network itself? And, and I think that's an area probably of most concern. You know, how That's many, a big, big concern for you guys because you guys have got that one big massive choke point, don't you, for your... Uh... Well, and not, not so much our, our service infrastructure. I mean, like, how many, how many malicious handsets does it take to take out a tower? Yeah. On yeah. A, right? And, and we're just now getting to a point where it's cost-effective. You know, it's, it's not out of the realm of, of the average researcher to stand up infrastructure and start doing that kind of testing. And is it uh, is it going to be another you know six months, twelve months, eighteen months before we uh, we start to see those types of attacks where the terminals become hostile within a carrier's infrastructure? Well, it's an issue of motivation, then, isn't it? I mean, who would be motivated to perform that sort of attack? Yeah, 
Yeah, and and I don't know, I don't have the answer to that, but uh, I'm sure there are people that are motivated. It's a it's a denial of service attack on a very large scale if you can take out a few communications towers. I'm sure the guys at uh, sure the guys at the NSA uh, have got a little room full of dudes thinking about this right now. Well, there's a an event happening in the summer in Europe for uh, researchers to come in and do that type of uh, research on on some communications infrastructure that's going to be be stood up for that exact type of, of purpose. Oh, what, so they're so setting should... up a little GSM network and saying, come and DOS it? Yep, yep. So, uh, you know, that should be, uh, that should yield some interesting results. Now, you nearly said that'll be fun. You nearly said it. <laughs> It'll be fun for some of the attendees, and I'll have some of my staff uh, <laughs> there participating in the research because we, we like to stay on top of the trends that are going on in the, in the mobile industry. And, and uh, you know, this is one that that I think uh, the industry as a whole really needs to pay attention to. So you think that's actually, I mean, probably more of a concern than the malware stuff? Well, it's just a variant on the malware, right? It's, it's what is the purpose and intent of the malware? Is, is DOS on, t- on uh, telecommunications infrastructure one of the things that we need to be concerned about? And I, I, I think it is. On, on my list of, of concerns, it's probably at the top of the list. And then from a BlackBerry perspective, again, we... Because we run everything in, in, in the confines of the Java virtual machine on the device, our platforms don't really lend themselves to that low-level radio access where you can start to manipulate packets and send malicious data to a carrier network. So, the, again, the, the design of the platform not only protects the device itself, but it provides that insulation from the hardware to be you know, misappropriated and used to attack the, the infrastructure itself. All righty, well, Scott Totsky, thank you very much for joining us on Risky Business, mate, and enjoy the rest of your time in Australia. Great. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. 